evening, and welcome to another abbreviated version of Spooky South Coast. But hey, at least we're here this week. The Red Sox decided to take forever to finish that game. I don't even care at this point. I do. I do not care. Saturday night games, I don't care win or lose. I just want them to be over as fast as they can be. <laughs> even even when they have a, a, a good team and they have a shot at going far, the way I see it is, is if they lose the Saturday night games, it still doesn't really matter as long as they win during the week. So I, I'm, I just root for whatever is the fastest game. Or a lot of rain on Saturdays. That's good, too. Rain works. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be rainy all day. Just start raining around, you know, 7 o'clock. When the game usually starts, right. and have it be enough of a downpour that they just cancel the game, and I'm fine with all the Sunday doubleheaders they want to play. But uh, we are here. We're here to talk about the paranormal for about 45 minutes, actually less, as we are each and every Saturday night. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we missed last week's show because of the Red Sox. Uh, they decided to take over our time slot, and normally we would have gone on prime time and had a special prime time edition of the show, but it was a very special occasion. It was the uh, uh, 65th birthday of Jeff Belanger, so we had to celebrate with him as he retires. <laughs> he's uh, he's the big 4-0, so happy birthday to Jeff, uh, who will never retire because he just loves the paranormal too much, uh, but uh, we had fun celebrating his birthday with him, and uh, we had some pretty good discussion around the campfire that we are working on turning into a backyard podcast not the backyard podcast that we've been promising our our donors who have donated to our gofundme account uh, that anybody who's donated you know a significant amount of money we're going to invite them to the backyard podcast it's not that one this is just a bonus track right this is just a little something that came up kind of impromptu practice run that's all it was it was more just a a, a matter of uh, jeff said well if you're coming you should bring the podcast stuff uh, I would think it was Thursday night or Friday afternoon. I was like, you sure you want me to bring it? Yeah, bring it. We'll have fun. And we did. Yeah. We had some pretty... The funny part is, is like I was like four or five beers in when we started, and immediately as soon as the mics go on, Jeff goes into like serious mode. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I can't keep up with you right now. But uh, it was a pretty entertaining conversation. I know Stephanie was listening at home. I was. And... I was a little jealous, but... You were jealous? Well, yeah, just because I think it would have been funny to be the only sober one watching you that's, guys. That's true. <laughs> but at least at least there were no mos- mosquitoes where you were. That's very oh. true. Oh, somebody forgot to turn off their sound on their phone. That would be me. That's a rookie mistake right there. Oh, that's something we haven't done in forever. Uh, so, and Matt Costa, you missed the party as well. But uh, I, I did watch it, though. Yeah, you were, you were sorely missed. Yeah. Only because you're the only one that can actually... Consume many alcoholic beverages and still maintain <laughs> yeah. composure. You and Jeff would have been able to have a pretty normal conversation while... I have right. to agree with that from previous experience. Yes. <laughs> he holds his liquor well. Yeah. He does. There's a story. I don't know if I've ever told this story on air, but we went to uh, a bachelor party event uh, mm-hmm. for, for a relative, and it was on Main Street in Hyannis. And we got trashed. I was trying to figure was, out. Was that, was that my brother's 21st I don't birthday? Know. I think it was it's my brother's like 21st one birthday. Big party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got trashed. And everywhere we tried to go into, um, nobody would let us in except for Matt. Matt. And Matt had probably drunk more than anybody else had. But he was still getting into all these places while the rest of us were That's being hilarious. told we couldn't go in. And, and of course, being the great friend that he is, he was going into all those places while we were stuck waiting outside. Well, naturally. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? He didn't stay, but he still went in. Just I to thought you guys were right behind me. It's just the principle of the matter. 
No, no, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. No, he for real. He went for in then? and then he turned around and he came back out. I've only seen him really, really drunk once. That was that was. Uh, do you have a Ted? Um, I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little Ted in all of us. Uh, but uh, well, even when we what's did the my, first, what's, what's, what's my other? I don't remember. Eric. Eric. That's what. It's Eric. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that never <laughs> happened. That never happened. Uh, so, uh, but even when we did the original backyard podcast, Matt still was pretty. We, we uh, still we should have like another unofficial one that doesn't. That's in very limited podcasts. Well, we are going to have the one with the invited guests, so that will happen. All and because right. I was worried we weren't going to have it. We will. Okay. No, we promised them. They donated a lot of money. That laptop that you're using was uh, achieved through yes. those donations. And we still could always use more money. So you can go to GoFundMe.com <laughs> slash Spooky South Coast if you'd like to make a donation. We've re- we've been able to replace one webcam so far. So we'll say hi to everybody up there on the, on the uh, nice webcam. We should small prizes along the way. But we need... Something like, other like than... Other than eye contact with Matt Moniz. <laughs> that nobody wins. With that prize, no, you guys can have the silly me. putty that I play with every week. Oh, That's see, true because I really well. wish you'd stop using the silly putty because I gave you tape. There's tape in the bag. But I, nothing works as good as silly. I putty. I keep looking. I'm like, is he putting silly putty on the brand new camera? We can what? give out like- hugs. Well, yeah. people would want a hug from you. Okay, so I'll give out a hug. But the rest of us, they'd be like, hmm. to the top, better. And some of us might actually have legal ramifications if we try to hug anybody. <laughs> Some of us may be required to stay 200 yards away from the normal folks. Uh, but, you know, it was a fun, fun night last Saturday, and we will get the audio out there to you. There's a few little edits that we need to make. Even though we like to keep the backyard podcasts, we like to keep them raw and unfiltered, there's a few uh, little things that probably shouldn't go out to air for safety's sake. Uh, so National we'll, security reasons. Exactly. You know, I, t- I spilled way too many secrets uh, that I shouldn't have. So we'll, uh, we'll work on that. We'll work on getting that up. You proved that ghosts are real. I, I did. On air. And it was it was amazing. <laughs> Going to have to cut that out. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. When Bigfoot came up out of the woods behind Jeff's yep. house and sat down, which was a very, yeah. you know, it was, I was very proud of him because it was a very, um, you know, he, he didn't hold back. He opened up and he shared a lot. What was his beer of choice? Uh, he, he was just drinking whatever was in the cooler at that oh, okay. point. Yeah, it was we, amazing to see he had opposable thumbs to undo the... Uh, it's pretty good. It did. And the, well, and the funny part is, is I expected him being a wild creature, you know, to just like bite the end cap off himself, right. you know, bite the cap off the beer and just start drinking With it. a shotgun the beer. But, but no, he had that maneuver where you just put it down, then he would slap it down. It was good. He had it down pat. It was like, boom. And the, when he started playing with Jeff's drone, like that was a... That thing was cool. Dude, you got to see Jeff's drone. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got the the GoPro attached to it, uh, and it's like one of the quadcopter ones. The thing's fantastic, nice. and, and he has it for, you know for professional reasons. He uses it for filming, but man, he must have a lot of fun with that. And it goes high Was up it? in the air. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Well, it had to have gone over a hundred feet. Well over. I mean, this thing was going up there till it was just a dot, and then coming back down. So. But the embarrassing part was when you know Big, when it went by Bigfoot and it was like it was like slapping it away <laughs> like he was King Kong and it was a plane. So but yeah, but we had a lot of fun. So uh, we'll we'll get that audio out there to you. Uh, again, we have an abbreviated show tonight because of the Red Sox. So we're going to do the best that we can to pack it full of uh, fun and information. We do want you to know, however, that we have lots of great shows coming up. In the next few weeks and few months, uh, including we'll have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. That show was preempted earlier this month, so that will be happening on October. I want to make sure I get the date right. Eleventh, 
Uh, and then we'll also have coming up in September, on September 4th, we'll be joined by a good friend of ours uh, named Bob Ethier, who has put out his first book called Angels to Aliens. And this is a book that has been in the works for a long time. And Bob is someone who is uh, not, he's not a name in the paranormal field yet. Uh, he's somebody who has been working quietly behind the scenes, uh, investigating and also gathering people's stories uh, and putting together this book. So he will join us to kind of, well, it'll kind of be like the world premiere of it. He uh, he is doing one other radio show before ours, but this will be kind of the world premiere to the paranormal community about this book, Angels to Aliens. So you can check that out on Amazon now if you want to get it in advance of uh, his appearance coming up the first weekend of September. And then we also have Bob Olson joining us uh, as well in September, who is somebody that I know Stephanie is familiar with. He's written a new book, and he's done a lot of research into the field of psychics and mediumship. He has. I'm looking very forward to that show. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, sit across from him at a dinner table at one point. So, um, a very intelligent man. In, I mean, everybody can check out his website, too. He is the founder of the Best Psychics Directory. So, do are you, a little are bit you of research. I am not in there. Did, did somebody have to nominate you to be in there? Um, I believe that you can pay to be on that. And then there's another well, then side not, of it. You're not really the best, then, if you're no. paying for it. Um, I know you can advertise yourself, but, I mean, we can clarify with him, of course. But sure. any time that I've looked at it, it's either you can pay to advertise, and then there's a section where he's checked you out and has done, like, the own research. So um, it's very few people are on there that, uh, I mean, like, bigger names are on there um, that people would normally be familiar with or that you would see on television, things like that. So... Well, one of the things that's been discussed quite a bit over the years, and, and we can open up with this, is we've talked about it, and other folks have talked about it. They say, well, why isn't there an Angie's list of paranormal teams? Why isn't there a, a, a website where teams are ranked and, and uh, reviewed by the folks who they go and investigate for? And it's one thing if you are going to have an Angie's list where you're going to rate a contractor, are we going to rate an exterminator, rate a landscaper, somebody who's going to come to your house, perform a service that you can see the direct results of? You can't see the direct results of what someone does for a paranormal investigation. Right. And just, you know, and the criteria for judging would be so difficult because they could come in and be the most professional group in the world. They could uh, completely do everything above board, you know, very well-mannered, well-groomed, no problems, just A1 tip-top people. But they come back at you and saying, "Hey, you know, we we didn't find anything. I'm sorry. There's no evidence here. There's no no any kind of experience, no anomalies that we can present to you, and so that might lead to them getting a bad rating, even though they're one of the best groups in the world, in terms of how they conduct themselves and conduct their business. But some you know bunch of hacks who go out there and act like a bunch of morons, but then come back with you know ghost app photos right. uh, that they've installed. You know they photoshopped in ghosts and and uh, they've taken pictures of orbs, knowing full well that they took pictures of orbs and that they're easily explainable. But they still present them as evidence to the client, and that person could say, "Wow, I was really blown away by what they got." And because they were able to show me something, therefore they're better than that other group that showed me nothing. I saw that uh, earlier this week. Moni's putting up. A close-up of an orb, uh, as close as you can get, without actually becoming the orb yourself. Hundred micron, yeah. And uh, and it's just dust. Yeah. 
no matter how uh, how much more you could have zoomed in from there, it'd still just be dust. I think the tough part is, too, you can't really put a standard or any type of testing to anything to the paranormal because it's mm-hmm. not an established field. So how do you judge, or anybody that could judge, like, you know, your picture of dust? There are people out there that truly believe that pictures of dust are orbs and are angels and are demons. And, and there are people out there that truly believe that Elvis is still alive, too. There are. What are you are. talking about? How can you say so, that today of all days, Moniz? Yes. Yeah, actually. <laughs> he still is with us. He's in our hearts. But He's still way, alive. It, it, you can't. There's no way. There's no standard. There's nothing that you can judge off of. So, I mean, it's a very good idea, the Angie's List of Paranormal. Just to write, you know, how they conduct themselves or... Yeah, I mean, and that's really all you can yeah. hold, hold them accountable for. But the, the thing is, is people look to us. Right. To you know, other people in the field, the, mm-hmm. the field, quote unquote, people look to people in the field to find out opinions and ratings of other groups and other folks, and that's that's like asking one car dealer, "Hey, what do you think of this car dealer?" It's very true, and some nobody's you know, for the most part, you're not going to get an honest answer unless that honest answer is, "Hey, they suck." <laughs> really, because like there's there's so much. It, it, it's not that the word is competition because there's no. Some people Nothing believe to it be is gained. Yeah, but that's how they see it. And, right. And it's it's definitely a a conflict uh, for a lot of folks. And and so you can't really ask them their opinion because they're going to try to further their own cause by bashing someone else. And so you're never going to get an accurate and uh, and true rating. We do have some calls in the line here. Uh, the phone lines are lighting up. We always so like those. Let's jump to the phones. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi, Tim and Company. How are you? Hi. Good evening. Listen, I, I I gotta ask you a question. I, I've been listening to you for quite some time. Do you do you ever think that in the paranormal, um, maybe if somebody has a a building that's haunted, possibly it might be in the alignment of the planets and the stars and the moon. And maybe maybe these ghosts just come out at a certain time related to the atmosphere. Do you do you think that's possible? Well, there's there's certainly uh, a lot of folks who feel like that plays into it. If you if you look at a lot of paranormal groups websites, they'll have up on there like a little widget that says what the phase of the moon was on a particular day of an investigation. They, they log that as part of the data of the investigation, not having a necessary connection, uh, you know, not, not necessarily having that connection, but putting it out there as being something that might possibly be connected. And I know that we find that uh, when you have a particularly, you know, they say, you know, on a dark and stormy night, you know, you have a lot of paranormal activity happening. Well, that's true because there's more of a charge in the air okay. on a stormy night. So you will get more activity. There will be more uh, things that you can quantify. So Understandable. Yeah, so that may – I would just think that uh, that may play into it with the alignment of planets and, the, and if there are ghosts, they may have a particular preferred period where they like to – surface and you must see that monies you must see that in, in well, a lot of the work that you do uh, it goes to the stone tape theory uh, because you have geological processes that are uh, inherent in quartz and stuff like that uh, it, uh, we all know that quartz will retain uh, 
a type of electromagnetic memory. We we use that in our smartphones that we have, our watches and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It's regularly used. We know that that exists. And with tectonic activity that is affected by gravitational pulls, you know, from the moon and other uh, planetary right. bodies. Everything's energy, no matter right. what. Right. So, so there, there is a possibility that this can be affected by these things. And, and Stephanie, with your uh, abilities and the mm-hmm. way that you're able to interact with spirits, do you find that there is that type of a connection? I mean, I know you always talk about certain things within astrology that I right. kind of, you know, I kind of just dismiss. You're like, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm like, whatever, and then everything blows up. <laughs> right. But, you know, there, you do see a connection between all of there that. There is. Um, I think what people don't realize is everywhere you go is quote-unquote haunted. I don't really like the word haunted, but everything has energy. Everything has spirit. It's just how open are you to them? Um, you can become open to them after a certain amount of time, depending on, you know, just as simple as having a conversation with us can open your mind to something. Um, but different things like, you know, gravitational pulls like the moon, like Moni's just mentioned, um, energy in the air, you know, a dark and stormy night, there's a lot more energy. Um, things like that can just bring out the activity level where you're going to notice it a little bit more than you normally would. So, yeah, absolutely. Anything like that can affect uh, haunting, per se. I was going to say the dark and stormy night thing is people are home. Most right. people don't want to be out in a dark and stormy night, so yeah, they're at so, home like, or in places. Well, not, not unless you, if not if you're into the paranormal. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. One, one of the things that I wonder too is if, uh, you know, cer- cer- certain amounts of these factors, whether it be you know something astrological or just something uh, earthly with with tides and things like that. I think it's all connected. Well, and I wonder how much of that impacts our own brain waves right. and our own brain status. You know, if we slip a little bit into those beta waves during those times for whatever reason. And that's going to make us more open to things that are out in the quote-unquote ether. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much for the uh, call and for the question. And I, I, I would imagine you guys, because when you're paranormal teens, when you go out and you find nothing, you it, it just might be that it was the wrong night, the wrong time, the wrong alignment of planets, the wrong moon, and... Ghosts, if people claim they have them, will show up when everything is right. They were just mm-hmm. missing a really good medium, that's all. Or it's just like fishing. You don't catch a fish every time right. you go out fishing. It's the wrong lure, the wrong, you know, that's, tide. And that's why well, they they're just not biting that day. Yeah. That's you why they know. call it fishing. Yep. Right. Yep. Find them. That's, yeah, exactly. We're, that's it, and that's what we're doing, you know. That's all that we're doing. We're out there fishing for something. Okay, you guys. You, you have a good night, man. You too. You take care. Thanks. All right. Okay. You know, we do have another call on the line, so we'll take that. And if anybody has any questions, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Yes, good evening. Uh, Tim, what is, what is the definition of a paranormal? What does that mean exactly? It, in my experience, paranormal, and actually the etymology of the word, is anything that is considered outside of what we consider to be normal. However, the para doesn't necessarily mean that it is beyond. Para actually would mean alongside the normal. So to me, it's like saying it's whatever's paranormal is normal. It's just a different kind of normal, if you get what I'm saying. So to okay. me, a paranormal experience is something that is something that uh, doesn't fit into our normal definition of normal, but we still can't deny that it happens. Okay. Uh, that, that makes better sense to me. Now, 
The other night on TV, I watched, I forgot what channel it was, uh, it was about the Hockamock Swamp mm-hmm. in Bridgewater. Yep. And then that, that I, you know, I understood. And then they went on to uh, uh, two sisters that were used as breeders. Have you ever seen that? You know, not only did I see, did you see the long-haired guy that was a friend of theirs? Well, let me tell you something. I was so <laughs> beside myself, I turned it. I was frightened to death. So you didn't get to, you didn't get to see the long-haired no, gentleman that they no, met at the bar. No, because he's just, he's sitting right across from me here in the studio. Oh really? My co-host really? Matt yes. Moniz is uh, the the those twins, Audrey and Debbie, Debbie. Starborn. They've been on the program many times. Uh, really? They're they're actually longtime friends of his, and he was very involved with their case pretty much right from the beginning. Uh, so he can speak <laughs> to that better than I and can. And what were the results? Uh, Clarify what do you mean? What were the results? Well, they were used as breeders. Yes. When I heard that, uh, I just ooh, sitting by yourself. Still, and still ongoing today, right? Still ongoing. Thousands, actually, hundreds of thousands of cases of it. Really? Really? Oh God! <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know if I. Ooh, I don't know if it's, I'm really baffled about that. That's okay. I don't do aliens myself, so you're not alone. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> they scare me a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll try to watch this if it comes on again through the whole... whole oh, I guarantee you it will come on again. It's been They've been running it nonstop. Yeah, really? Yeah, if you got Comcast, you can look it up on demand. Under what? Uh, Under Destination America yeah. is the name of the network. Thank you very much. And if you'd like to see the film, The Bridgewater Triangle, uh, the actual documentary, it will be debuting on that network in the fall in an edited version. But if you'd like to see the uncut version, uh, they'll be holding it. Uh, they'll be showing it at the Lakeville uh, Public Library on August nineteenth. Really? So if you let me see here, I'll look at the picture and see if I can get. A little bit. Uh, I can't see the exact times on this photo that uh, that Manny Famalari posted up. But if you call the Lakeville Library five zero eight nine four seven nine zero two eight, they can give you some more information. So that's Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that uh, that'd be coming up this Tuesday. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay, do Have a great night. See, there we go. We had two two great questions here on the program. So I agree. Keep them coming. Anybody that wants to call in and ask, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. That is, uh, that is the number to call in. Or you can tweet us at SpookySC, or you can email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, because we've been getting a lot of people discussing it on Facebook. Uh, it was actually uh, Carlston Wood, a uh, friend of the program, who first posted it up on Twitter, I mean uh, on Facebook, on our Facebook earlier, and uh, shared this with us. And I, I guess it's been something that's been going around social media for the last couple of days, this Houston UFO sighting. If you haven't seen it, go to the Spooky South Coast page on Facebook. Uh, there's a video up there with some, some still shots, and we'll put some more things up there, some more of these reports that are up there uh, from the various <laughs> news outlets. But this was pretty interesting because a lot of people are scratching their heads and don't know what this is. Uh, Moniz, you said that you saw this a couple of days ago. This right. ring. I have friends that are from the Houston area. Ring they- circle of lights floating over the sky. Correct. Uh, the video, the photo, and video were captured from someone driving in a car. Uh, there was a storm, thunderstorm going on, right. lightning in the sky, and all that stuff. But you see this round circular what appears to be about 500 feet in length based on uh, you know estimates from the ground correct it seems to be a pretty significant craft of some sort well it seems to be a, a significant 
orientation of lights. Uh, my opinion is that it is a group of lights rotating in uh, a unison. I don't think it is one entire quote-unquote craft. Uh, I think because if you look at the video, you'll see when the lightning flashes, you can see through the clouds behind it. I think what you have is an orientation of individual lights creating a circle. And It kind of looks like there's something in the middle of it, though. Like yeah, it could there, be there, uh, there could be several other smaller things in it. Do, it. do I think it's one larger crop? No. Do I think it's completely alien? No. I see. A, the, so what would it be, there, then? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think this may be more local grown than anything else. In well, my opi- in my opinion, from what I've seen, they're saying it's about 15 miles from the Kennedy Space Center in Houston, of the Johnson Space Center, Johnson Space Center yeah. in Houston. Sorry, uh, but that you know NASA obviously hasn't come forward and said that it's anything that they're working on. Uh, but there are several military bases around and there. They're not going to say if it is something that they're working on necessarily right. either. So it remains to be seen what happens with that. The fact that it happened on a night when it's uh, very stormy out is interesting because it could have been some sort of weather collection. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it could have been something that was, um, you know, if you've seen some of the, the storm equipment that they use, a lot of that stuff, you know, it's it's gyroscopic in how it collects the data. So it could be something related to that. But you would think if that's the case, somebody would come forward and say that, uh, that you know, there's no real secret in weather data collection. Weather manipulation is a different story. But in, in data collection, you know, there's nothing to hide. What I find interesting about it, though, is that there's all these reports of dozens, if not hundreds of people who reported seeing this when it happened. But there's one guy who's been the central uh, source for all the video and photos. There hasn't been any other video or any other photos that have come out from anyone else. Just the stuff coming from this one gentleman. So if there is something going on like that in the sky... How many people would have been pulling out their cell phones to record some kind of video, capture some sort of photo, and even if it wasn't the best quality, at least it would be something that would back up what this person had. So the fact, whenever it's only one person, I'm always very suspicious of it because there's no way that anything could be going on like that and not have more than one person. Well, I brought that up on a previous show, too. In this day and age, we have the technology. I'd be the first one whooping out my cell phone saying, what the heck is going on? Not me, because I always forget that I have that capability on my phone because I'm stupid. (laughs) But many, many other people are not. And there's very easy ways to determine whether this really did happen. This thing is that large, and it's recorded over, you know, he's recorded over different areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, External security cameras would have picked this up on a number of different right. buildings facing it. And simple, you know, legwork going back, asking to see the security videos from that time period should show it if it was actually there. So it's definitely something that uh, we'll follow up on. We'll keep an eye on that story. Uh, Costa, you're usually the most skeptical out of us. You saw a little bit of that footage earlier. What do you think about it? Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, it it is interesting that there is thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've I've heard like ball lightning do some strange stuff, but it I mean, it's no ball lightning that I've ever seen before. Right, and so. it's the fact that it's it's so large and that it is separated into. Now, Moniz thinks that it looks like individual lights, kind of working in unison. I think that it looks like it's definitely one unit. Um, and you know what I kind of thought of is I thought of kind of the and if you see some of the videos they they kind of try to make a pattern outline of it and and see if they can extrapolate what it might look like. And it's kind of like, 
if I can get my Star Treks right. <laughs> Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. is that right? Like, it's a circle with, like, the, the part in the middle that connects yeah. it. And, uh, you know, a lot of early space station that you see in movies, you know, had kind of that type of uh, look to it. That's how it kind of looks like to me. I guess if uh, we, we if we wanted to put it into uh, more acceptable common terms, then I would say it looks kind of like the steering wheel for the Wii. You know, where you have the oh, steering wheel and you put the controller in the middle? It looks like one unit to me, too. But like I said, I don't do aliens. They kind of scare me a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to go with maybe it's not aliens to make myself feel better. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I have a strong feeling that no matter what it is, it's not alien. Okay, I like that answer. Okay, I have a strong feeling that it's something that we're not going to be told about because nobody was supposed to see it. Well, at the same time, I mean, does it really matter what it is? Is it affecting anyone? Uh, well, it depends. I got other things there's, to worry about. There's plenty of folks, though, who spend their entire life worrying yes. about this. You know, if, uh, well, I it, see some of them on Facebook daily, and I <laughs> want to pull my hair out every time I read one. I was going to say, so. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to you, but it matters to Steve Bassett who has been fighting for, for 20 years now or, or more to, to get this recognized, you know. So there are some folks that will definitely have a, a, a strong interest in, in figuring out what's going on. Right. And then there's people like you who are just too scared to know the truth. I'm not scared to know the truth. I just can't spend my time reporting every black helicopter that I see <laughs> or every strange You know what? I get a surprise I for people that might blow their minds. Most of the helicopters out there are black. <gasps> Say it isn't And if they're so. not black, they look like they're black when they fly over you. <laughs> because you're underneath it. <laughs> but, that, you know, that's a whole other show for a whole other time. Some of them have black in their name, like Black Hawks. And, and <gasps> what I find even more interesting Shocking. is, uh, this, this always drives me crazy, is, you know, the, the people who have... These helicopters flying over their houses all the time, hmm. like they don't keep, they don't like look where they live. You know, I know somebody who lives like very close to Boston, and is complaining about how these helicopters are always following him around. That like hmm. every day he looks out his window and there's helicopters flying over him. Like they must be watching him. I'm like, or it could be every freaking news station in Boston that has a helicopter right. all flying over you because you live off the expressway. Seriously though, what is so strange about a helicopter? Well. The real, if you really want to get into it, the black helicopter things that started back in U, earlier UFO days weren't actually black. Hmm. Okay, the, the, they refer to the black ones because of you know special ops teams. Right. You would, but the people that were generally harassed in UFO nature and UFO lore, mm-hmm. the helicopters weren't black. And one, more than one, several cases, it was like a canary yellow. That was harassing them, a particular Bell Ranger, seen at, at the site of several mm-hmm. locations. So, it, you know, the black helicopter is just an, a name that was assigned because of, you know, the. So basically, nobody's done their homework. Well, yeah. Well, I think paranoia usually wins out yes, over, it does. over education. So. I had, um, I was telling you the other, I think a couple of weeks ago, I had people in my area reporting oh my god black helicopter black helicopter it flew over my house it was low enough where i could you know read on the side of it it was boston med flight Hmm. and you know i'm like okay i told my husband i'm like i know they're going to 140 that's what it it had Mm -hmm. to have been an accident and sure enough on the news an hour later there was an accident but everybody is a black helicopter black helicopter and we live so close to military bases that 
There's nothing to freak out about. Do your research. As Costa can verify where we live, we have them fly over our place all the time. But there's a reason because it's a it's a visual point of reference Mm -hmm. for them to navigate over. Absolutely. I live right next to the airport. We have an Air Force base, you know, five miles over the bridge from mm-hmm. from, uh, from my house, and and uh, I have all the bog copters coming over from Plymouth, and you know, it's where there's there's always aerial activity. It drives me crazy going home because I'm always looking in the sky, right. and uh, after all those years of doing that, I've I've only had one UFO sighting in my life, and it was, you know, it was three o'clock in the morning. Coming over 195, mm-hmm. uh, heading from Fall River back to Wareham, and I saw it out over like the Fairhaven, you know, Mattapoisa, the cushioned area, and it was not a plane, it was not a helicopter. They don't move that fast. Right. I've it was had not a, a shooting like star too. because it stopped, and then it went again, mm-hmm. and then it stopped, and then it went again, back and forth. It was something, and uh, and ever since then I stopped looking at the when sky. When was this? I can help it. it was coming back from a Lizzie Borden event a couple years ago. Yeah, I February. remember you talking yeah. about it. So that does it for this week's show, actually. We are out of time. Uh, is, again, it was an abbreviated edition. Thank you to the Red Sox. We will be back next Saturday night. Our guest will be Deborah Moffat. She'll be joining us to talk about the extreme haunting that she lived through. Uh, she actually has a book out now called A Deadly Haunting. You may have heard her on Coast to Coast and some of the other paranormal shows. She will be joining us next Saturday night to share her terrifying story and her real-life experiences with an extreme haunting. So we'll find out more about that next Saturday. Saturday night. And remember, you can always go to SpookySouthCoast.com. You can go to YouTube.com slash SpookySouthCoast. Follow us on Twitter at SpookySC. Email us SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com or sign up for the podcast. You can get it via iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Nine tickets left for our Legend Trips event, August 30th, Edenville Railroad. LegendTrips.com to get those. Until next time, we want you all to stay spooktacular. You'll be home